Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Syrupcast, Mobile Syrup's Canadian tech-focused podcast. We've been gone for a bit, but not really. Maybe you just heard the last episode. We're hoping to get back into the swing of things with the podcast starting in September. But these are two special episodes focused on 5G. This week's episode is sponsored by Bell, and it's tied to Mobile Surf's upcoming full-length documentary on 5G that's set to air on BBC Earth and the BBC Channel through Amazon Prime on August 26th at 9 p.m. It'll also be on Mobile Syrup at a later date. You'll see clips from the doc on our Twitter and our Instagram and There'll be like cuts on a homepage and all kinds of stuff. Um, so if you if you don't have like standard cable, don't worry, there will be a way to watch it if you're interested. Um, and this this whole episode is kind of very similar to the last one where we talked about what 5G is from a general sense. This episode is kind of tied to the future of 5G in Canada, 3,500 megahertz, our personal experiences with using the technology, whether or not we think it's worth it, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm Patrick O'Rourke and Brad Bennett, a man who refers to himself as the bad boy of tech. He's across the internet from me. How are you doing, Brad? I'm on 5G and I'm feeling good. How are you? Good. Are you feeling fast? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, super fast. Um, that is the correct reliable, answer to that question. And reliable. Fast Let and reliable. One more time. Oh. Reliable. <laughs> it's so that you're not on Rogers. Oof. That's a cut. Was that That's a low blow? A day we'll low never blow forget. No, I think they have to take those hits now. You know what I mean? You can't you can't cut off service to a third of the population and not take those hits on the podcast. It's just the we really should have we really should have done. A, it, it's been hard this summer to organize a podcast because everyone's on vacation. But we really should have done emergency like, Rogers an emergency yeah. episode about that emergency episode because it, it would have done would like do it? we've been like hey like you guys getting online and be like kind of but it's been tough today. <laughs> It was a time. It was a time. Um, I know John had tons of coverage. It was yeah, he did. He he did a great job. I was off. He like led that. He really made that his own. Um, and yeah, you just heard the voice of John Lamont, our resident carrier expert. He is of course on the show today, um, and we'll be leaning on him heavily to explain all things five G to us, since that is a significant part of what he covers at Mobile Surf alongside Nita, our telecom reporter. How are you doing, John? I'm doing pretty good. Um, still, you know, mentally recovering from that Rogers outage. I think most Canadians are. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's that's in the past now. We're looking at the future of 5G. Were you, you guys were with Rogers, right? Like I remember Bennett saying that he literally didn't have internet the entire day. I was with Telus. Oh, so my home internet was Rogers. Um, well, my home internet is Kojiko, which is like using Rogers in this area. So that was down. Um, my iPad is Rogers. That was down. And then my actual... My actual phone plan is TELUS, actually. Um, but it was like, no, it was like, you can maybe text a bit. Uh, you can sort of see the Twitter timeline, but we're not going to load any images today. Um, oh, you want to download some photos to write a story about them that you planned? Like, 
that's going to take three hours. It's only 180 megabytes. But yeah, it was just a strange day for me. I don't know. Maybe I'm downtown Toronto. So I'm wondering if there's like a lot of piggybacking kind of going on in the network. Yeah, there but is. I, I was so. uh, I was pretty much out all day. John, what about yeah, you? I'm, my home internet is Oxio, which is a, a wholesaler, wholesale reseller of uh, internet. And they, at least in this area, they resell uh, Rogers internet. So I had no home internet throughout the day. Um, but my phone is on Bell. Um, and I tethered for most of the day. And it worked better than I expected. Um there was a weird period in the morning where it was really slow and spotty and um, it kept kicking me off of 5G. Whenever I tried to connect over Tether, it would like bump me down to 4G or even 3G. Um, but that only What's lasted below for 3G? like maybe... Is it like HSPA or something like that? I feel like I was hitting even... I, I feel like brutal. HSPA plus is like a halfway point. It's like 3.5G. Oh, okay, okay. I felt like I kept I, seeing that. Edge. Yeah. They're putting you down to edge edge yeah, yeah. but yeah i it that resolved after like 45 minutes and then i was fine for most of the day in terms of tethering from my phone um but it was a pretty wild day um a lot it was just chaos trying to do the what i normally do from home but uh, i was i was golden because i i was off i did i did help you guys out a little bit over the course of the day but i had I had Kojiko, so like I didn't run into any like home internet connection issues. And then I'm also on Kudo, which is Telus. And generally speaking, like I think there was like a few instances where like texts I was sending to friends or family weren't going through. Um, but I think that was more on like their end because they were with they were with Bell. Um, but yeah, my my day, apart from like lending you guys a hand when I was supposed to be off, was was pretty pretty normal as the entire world melted down around me. Although I did try to. I was at the um, was at the Burlington Harborfront, which I go to sometimes, and I, I literally just go there to look at boats. Like I'll just walk down and like, oh, that's a nice boat. That's a nice boat. And I was trying to buy ice cream, and I think the Interact machine at the ice cream shop was powered by Rogers in some way, and it would not yeah. work. That that Interact's was the only real inconvenience I had. Is powered by Rogers, which is yeah, I was gonna say I was pretty sure crazy. Um, I'm still scared to use my debit card. I walk in, I'm like, you guys take this, and they're like. <laughs> no, <laughs> okay Cold, but this 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 is uh unfortunately and maybe fortunately not an entire episode about uh that outage what we're going to talk about um in this particular portion of this very mini 5g series is where 5g is going what the current state of it is in canada we touched on it a little bit in the last episode but we're gonna delve into the nitty-gritty now um and so th this is a pretty straightforward question. Do you guys care about 5G at all? And, and Bennett, I'll pose it to you first. Like, does 5G matter to you in any respect? Like, have you upgraded your plan to 5G? Do you want that speed boost or are you good on LTE? Sorry, you threw that to me, right? Yes, I did. Sorry, I was just kicking the bag that phones came in and I was like, oh no. You're just um, too excited about having those phones there. I know, but yeah, so I actually am on a 5G plan. I switched to it more recently. Um, I was on Kudu for a long time. I probably would still be fine on Kudu, um, but I just found myself going over my limit a lot. So I was like, okay, I should upgrade. Um, and then also, I sort of travel's been ramping up. Obviously, I've been doing a lot of the travel for the site, if anyone's sort of been seeing the stuff that I've been doing. So I was just spending tons of money on, um, I don't know, what, travel credits or whatever. It's like, 
$10 a day to like use your phone in the States or whatever. But like that was adding up. All the carriers have those like roam like home sort of plan things. I think that's the specific branding for Rogers, but every, I think every Canadian carrier has some form of it now. Exactly. So that was all adding up. So I ended up switching and then I got like a discount code. So I ended up switching to a 5G plan, one of the like unlimited 50 gig ones, um, which was like probably overkill, but it had unlimited like Canada and US use. Um, How much are you paying for it? Di- uh, I think it comes down to like 75 or 80 bucks a month. Nice. I had a discount code, so it's like not as bad as it needs to be. Like it's definitely not yeah, too, too crazy. But pretty um, good. I'm pretty sure that that plan is like at least a hundred bucks a month, or, if not more, uh, yeah. without the discount. Exactly. Um, and obviously we have like bring your own phone plans because we review so many phones here, so that helps us save a little money too. Um, and then so since I've been using 5G, which would be Telus's 5G, which is like I'm running sort of combo networks over here, I haven't noticed anything like super different. Uh, I've been running mostly iPhone 13 Pro, Pixel Six. Uh, OnePlus 10 Pro didn't really work on 5G well for me. OnePlus 10T worked very well on 5G. There's band issues with the 10 Pro, right? Isn't there? In the yeah, Canadian market? but they, they sort of solved all that with the 10T, it okay. seems like. Um, 5G on the iPad mini doesn't seem to be offering me much. That one is on Rogers. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's nice to have connection everywhere and whatnot. I mean, had that with 4G. And yeah, I haven't noticed anything like significantly different. Nothing super fast, nothing super crazy. So in your day-to-day use, you'd say it's like pretty much the same as your experience when you're on 4G. Yeah, I wouldn't, at this point, um, this is like the reviewer inside of me talking, but usually when people are like, oh, do I, should I get that 5G plan? Or like, should I upgrade my phone for 5G? I'm just like, not really. Like if you want to upgrade, it's what it, sure. Those are where like, you know, more data is and sometimes the better deals are because those are the new plans. But in terms of offering you a significantly different user experience. I haven't noticed anything. John, what about you? Uh, I am kind of in the same boat. Um, I have a 5G plan as well. Uh, The reason I have a 5G plan is because it was a really good deal. Um, I used to be with Bell uh, years ago when I worked at Best Buy because I got a staff discount. And then I left Bell and went back to Kudo when I stopped working at Best Buy because it was way cheaper to be with Kudo. And, you know, I remember when I was on Kudo with their 4G LTE, I got really good speeds, like 300 megabits per second down. Yeah. In... I've gotten stuff similar similar to that. Didn't mean to interrupt you, but I've gotten yeah. stuff similar to that with, with Kudo. Um, not where I live now, but like when I used to live in Etobicoke. Yeah, I, I got that uh, when I lived in Pickering. I now live in Whitby, which isn't that far from from pickering uh still in that kind of gta um eastern gta corridor uh but i have since switched back to bell because they offered me a really good win back offer that was 55 dollars a month for 20 gigs uh with 5g uh unlimited the whole shebang i don't have the canada us calling which would be a nice bonus if I was still doing a lot of traveling but i've done a lot less traveling because of the pandemic and you know, having a kid and stuff like that. So uh, because of all of those things, I also don't really leave my apartment all that often. Um, So I really don't use 5G that much. um, And I've just kind of been holding on to the plan because it's a really good deal. um, And I don't want to give it up. Uh, I'm sure in the future, I'll probably use 5G more. But for me, I don't really notice it in my day to day because I don't use mobile networks that often. I'm mostly on Wi-Fi. We don't even, I mean, the use cases for it right now too are like, what, yeah. you know, what could we do 
to be like, I need 500 megabytes down yeah, now. And yeah, like, unless I'm trying to game yeah. stream, which I'm not because even without the networks being there, it's like kind of a iffy situation. It's like, there's not much, you know, oh no. It's like, I was able to download this app in two seconds, but it's like on 4G, it's like, what did it take? Like 45 seconds, you know? Yeah. The The other thing I would say that I've noticed is, you know, I do, the other benefit to me for having 5G is when I review a 5G device, I can exactly yeah. do speed tests and include that that information in my review, which I think is really important um, as a reviewer. That's a very niche use case, though. Uh, most people, I would say, you probably don't need to run out and get 5G so that you can do speed tests on your phone and compare it because most people are probably only going to have one 5G phone every couple of years and there's not really going to be a huge need to do that comparison. Um, anyway, something interesting that I've noticed, um, since I've been with Bell, I've had four 5G phones, actually technically five 5G phones, uh, the Pixel 4a 5G which oh, yeah, I had them too. when I reviewed it, um, I think I was with Bell, but I don't think they had deployed their 5G network in Whitby yet. No, I don't uh, think so. so I didn't include any data and I haven't used the 5G, the 4A 5G since uh, 5G came to Whitby. Um, and then the Pixel 6, Pixel 6a and the Samsung Galaxy S22 and S22 Plus. Uh, the Pixel 6 and 6a, uh, the Tensor chip has had modem issues it's been mostly fine for me, but I don't get great speeds uh, when I do speed tests with it. Um, and so it's kind of hard to say, okay, is this because of the Pixel 6 slash 6a slash text tensor? Is that an issue there? Is it an issue on Bell's end? Is it because I live in Whitby and Whitby's 5G network uh, is like not as robust or as mature as other other regions? So there's a lot of factors there. I did get better speeds when I had the S22. I couldn't test the S22 Plus, though, because it was Samsung phones. When you put your SIM card in, they Resets download the a carrier-specific update and reset. That's so um, crazy. It, I, when I was doing all of our Samsung reviews, that was like the bane of my existence. It, it, it yeah. was insane. If What's about just, to happen to me? Uh, when you, a fun when fact. You, yeah, explain it to I've me. I've never had two at once before. Um... When you first set up a Samsung phone, the yeah, first thing you should do times. is put a SIM card in it, uh, specifically yeah. the SIM card that you're going to use because uh, it will download a carrier update and then reset the phone. Um, I ran into several issues when I worked at Best Buy where I would help people set up their phones and I would always try and make sure that the first thing we did was put their SIM card in because I had coworkers who would not do that. And they'd set up the person's phone, move all their data over, put the SIM card in, and it would wipe the phone uh, with the update. And so just put the SIM in right away. All over again. Yeah. That's all you need to do is put the SIM in right away before, like, yeah. don't set it up and then pop the SIM in later. Do it immediately. That, that's but what I, I can't put do. the SIM between the two of them is what I'm hearing. Unless I... No, you, no, you, you can. can. You it's, can. Yeah. It's the first yeah. time you put the SIM card in, it downloads yeah. a carrier update and resets the yeah. phone. And then you're good. And then you're good. Okay, interesting. I'm I'm curious. I can if would... see the gears turning. I know. I'm like, well, what if I put Alex's SIM card in on Kudu now? She's on the same carrier. Will it like reset as well? I'm gonna do some experimenting, I guess. But I'm sure I'm gonna get screwed over. <laughs> anyway, the the reason the reason why I brought it up is because um, for some reason that update happened on the S22, but when I set up the S22 Plus, it did not download that update. And for the life of me, I could not get the S22 Plus to connect to any sort of Bell 5G network in my area. It just would not do it. 
um, it would only do LTE. And, you know, part of this update, like when you do this, it downloads your carrier updates. So like the MyBell app and stuff like that, uh, or whatever the Rogers or TELUS apps are, will get downloaded to the phone as well as part of this update. None of those were on the S22 Plus. They were only on the S22. So I don't know what happened there, some sort of software glitch. Um, point is S22 had better download speeds than the Pixel 6 and Pixel 6a. Pixel 6a and Pixel 6a have had mediocre speeds, um, not as good as what I've experienced in the past with 4G LTE. Um, and it's just kind of hard to say what exactly the reason is for that. Because I also don't great, get great LTE speeds on the Pixel 6 or 6a, but I also haven't had the same reliable, reliability issues with it that other people have talked about. Yeah, for for me, like I'm I'm in a very similar boat where like I have a, an okay plan with Kudo. It's probably a little bit outdated at this point. I have I have 30 gigs, seventy dollars a month. Um, I could probably find something better, but it's like good enough for my purposes right now because I don't really do much traveling. I don't really leave I my think house. You'd be hard pressed to be find something better than that, to be honest. It's good. Gigs, like it's a pretty yeah. I don't it's know a pretty many good deal people with thirty for that much. Yeah, that's crazy. But Kudo doesn't doesn't have five G, right? And like I'm the managing editor of Mobile Syrup. There's like a part of me that thinks like I should be on the the cutting edge of having five G. Um, yeah, can't believe but, you just outed yourself. <laughs> but I've never like I've never really felt the need to because I don't leave my house very often. I have like my home internet connection. When I do, it's like to go to the store. I'm not doing a ton of traveling. There's like really no purpose for 5G in my like day-to-day -day consumer life other than like doing what John's talking about, testing phones, which in some of those cases, like we get a SIM card from a carrier and we can test that within it. It's not like our own personal plan, but I did get a like, it's not really like a win back or like a please sign to, well, I guess it is a please move to this carrier thing from TELUS, um, which is oh, they yeah. own Kudo, obviously. Kudo is the flanker brand. Um, and I, I wrote a little story about this on Mobile Syrup because it's one of the first times in a really long time that I actually saw a carrier do this. So they sent me a letter. It was like addressed individually to me. Like my name was printed on it too, like on the actual advertisement, which like was a little bit surprising to an extent. It included a SIM card and it was for a plan where you need to switch from uh, Kudo to Telus with the free SIM card. Um, and it was 25 gigs a month on their 5G plan for $70 a month. So it was the same plan that I'm on now, but you get the free SIM card. Don't really care. SIM cards aren't that much money on 5G and five gigs less. So I was like strongly considering making the jump to TELUS because it would make me move to 5G. And no, I ultimately no, decided that's, just like... That's a disrespectful offer. Do not take I, that. They can't, they can't come at you with less gigs. They're like, you want to come... Well, that's why I didn't do it. I didn't jump do up it for less. I, You're like, I didn't, yeah, that's I didn't think it was... It was worth it, but I did, I did really strongly consider it for like a day or so. And I, I still got the ad sitting here. I like, I might do it. I might, it's still it. here. I no, can still no. do it. Call them. Call that number. Call them and be I, like, I hey, like I'll switch it. for forty gigs, and they'll probably yeah. like they'll probably give you that. But like, do not take this offer. That's not a good deal. Yeah. Yeah, I remember this was before uh, the five G days, but I was on Kudo and I straight up I got a call from telus and they're like hey we have a special offer for you because you're a kudo customer if you switch to telus um and basically the offer was the exact same plan that i had with kudo but ten dollars more per month and i was like why would i do this <laughs> the, the other I, thing that's that's funny about this too is like if you go on telus's website this is they're they're this is not like some special offer or anything it's like 
the interesting thing is the plan it's the plan like it's just the plan the interesting thing is they gave you the sim card which like i don't know saved you 30 bucks or something no no it it is a discount it's like 20 bucks less per month compared to what they have okay on their plan or 20 or 15 something like that 15 okay so it is it is okay compared to what their standard plans are okay so that's like kind of where we stand on 5g but the market's changing to an extent, right? Like we're getting all kinds of press releases from pretty much every single carrier across the board that 3,500 megahertz spectrum is is launching. Um, John, I'm going to lean on you for this one since you've done most of this coverage for us alongside NIDA. What does this mean for the Canadian market and what the hell is 3,500 megahertz? Like in my brain, this is what we've been waiting for at, at the mobile syrup team in terms of making 5G like a worthwhile, worthy thing that we're interested in. Um, I guess really just like explain what it is and why people should care about it. Yeah, so I would say you're 100% right. Um, 3,500 megahertz is probably the point where most people should start to really care about 5G in Canada. Um, I talked about it a little bit on the last pod, but as a recap, 3,500 megahertz spectrum was recently auctioned off by the federal government and is now being deployed by carriers who bought that spectrum uh, for use in different regions. I think so far it's mostly just um, major urban areas, Toronto, Montreal, Vancouver, you know, et cetera. And I think um, Rogers, Bell, and TELUS have made announcements regarding where yeah. they're implementing it. Yeah. Um, as a quick aside, I think the next biggest... Um, purchaser of the spectrum was videotron slash quebecor um and i would expect we'll get announcements from them eventually but that might be a little bit further out because it seems like they want to try and use that to expand outside of quebec um but part of that plan is also purchasing freedom mobile uh in the whole roger shaw merger and so it kind of depends if all of that goes through or not. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, Freedom did that might not be my purchase favorite outcome to that situation, to be honest. Yeah. If it works out like that, I think it yeah. would be, to an extent, it would be like a good thing for the Canadian market, at least in terms of like increasing mm-hmm. competition, quote unquote. 3,500 megahertz, it falls within the sub six gigahertz category of 5G, also known as mid band 5G. And this type of 5G is really kind of special uh, because it has a lot of um, improvements over low band 5G, which uses very similar spectrum to 4G and doesn't really have a lot of significant benefit over 4G. Um, The main strength of uh, 3,500 megahertz and other sub-6 5G spectrum is that it offers pretty decent range while also offering speed boosts over 4g so what um, just it's not d- i don't mean to cut you off with the yeah. thread you're going with but like in a practical sense like say i'm mr joe Schmo canadian i go get a 5g plan with bell or telus or rogers or whatever and it's on the 3500 megahertz spectrum side of it because i live in like toronto or one of the regions that's being served with it what sort of speeds could i potentially expect to experience so it kind of depends. There's a lot of numbers okay. that are thrown around. Um, some have some carriers have said, okay, this type of 5G is going to offer you know 25% faster speeds over 4G. 
Um, others have given more specific numbers. For example, Bell said that their 3,500 megahertz had a theoretical peak download speed of three gigabits per second, which is really, really fast. If, that, if that's real, like that would be um, amazing. We have to like, again, like this is just another aside, but like we should do some sort of a story where we go out and test this, like test the different speeds. Like I think that that would be very much worthwhile. Well, we'll talk about this after the podcast, but it's just got my gears turning. Like we should be, yeah. We should I have an amazing the... like video idea. It's almost like a silent film of John just like wandering around, yeah. like trying to find different speeds. Yeah, yeah. We we <laughs> have to do something music. with it. Like now that this is starting to be available, I would love to be able to test the carrier's claims and be like, "This is what you're actually getting in terms of speeds." Um, but mm, yeah, continue. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I would like to stress that's theoretical. Yes, peak theoretical. speed. So you wouldn't get that speed all the time and you likely won't get that speed in real world use because um, there's plenty of other factors, you know, interference, your distance from the tower, the traffic um, on that network and with that tower specifically, there's a whole bunch of different factors that could impact um, your speeds uh, on 3,500 megahertz. That being said, if you're, if we can expect half of that speed, you know, one and a half gigabits per second, that's a huge incredible. improvement over what you would get on 4G. And honestly, that's significantly faster than what most people get from their home internet. Um, just a little aside on this, I think it's interesting that some Canadian carriers have started putting speed caps on their plans, uh, specifically TELUS. Um, their lowest 5G plan has a 250 megabits per second speed cap. And then their next, because they have three 5G plans, so their lowest tier is 250 megabits per second. And then their second and third tiers are one gigabits per second speed caps. Um, I don't think any other carriers have done that yet. Um, but if 5G is as fast as it seems like it's going to be, I wouldn't be surprised if that becomes a more common thing um, where carriers basically make you pay more to get access to all of that faster speed. I can see it happening, like some sort of special higher tier plan of some kind. Mm -hmm. And then uh, for millimeter wave, um, again, that's theoretically even faster with some reports putting it, uh, you know, as fast as 16 gig gigabits per second with a theoretical max speed as high as 40 gigabits per second, which again, absolutely insane. But I don't think we've seen any of that in real world testing yet. Um or in and Canada, we probably won't for some for some time. And yeah, millimeter wave is not really available in Canada, and has a whole bunch of other potential uh, factors that could limit that speed, such as the shorter range, um, less tolerance for interference, and and stuff like that. I think Rogers did a millimeter wave test like a really long time ago, like 2017, 2016. Sounds like a Samir trauma story at the Rogers Center, and I think Samir yeah. covered it. Um, and that, that's the only thing that I've ever heard about millimeter wave in terms of impl implementation in, in Canada. I think one of the things that we should maybe like clear up too is like, yes, like the 5G speed improvements are coming and that's like the most like sort of tangible thing to see, but that's not really where the improvements are going to come to like day-to-day -day life. It's going to be like John was saying, like the really increased like reliability and like concert venues and stuff like that. And like people being able to be connected more through like, more buildings downtown through like yep. three, uh, sub six or whatever but it's like all those improvements are probably what we'll actually end up noticing more than the speed right like 
we're having sure yeah. one gigabyte per second data caps, but like once we start getting up above a few hundred megabits per second, there's not you a don't lot really of tasks that are requiring it beyond these like crazy self-driving car things and stuff. And that's sort of, I was going to say that that's one of the things that like, I, and I actually, this is one of the segments of the doc documentary that, that I play a big role in. That's one of the things that's different about 5g, whether we're talking about like the older version of 5g or this new 2,500 megahertz version of 5g. And that's why there's so many pie in the sky concepts for what it could be used for. Like every form of internet, of, of um, network connectivity generation had like a purpose, right? Like 3G was sending text messages and picture messages, right? Like that was that was its purpose for existing. And that was like something that people wanted to be able to do. Then you get to LTE that's like, or 4G, that's like sending video or sending like longer clips or like tethering your computer. Like there's there's little purposes for it. And you can go back all the way to 2G and 1G with like, different purposes to like increase call quality there was like a reason for it existing with 5g regardless of what form we're talking about there's not like a clear purpose for it because 4g was fast enough for what we're currently doing with our mobile devices right and that's kind of to an extent like the crux of like what what is this technology going to be used for beyond it being faster and that that's what the the documentary delves into but i think that's one of the biggest questions surrounding 5g technology especially in the context of the canadian market like is this really going to be used for autonomous cars is this really going to be used for smart home setups is it going to be part of smart cities is it just going to end up being like faster internet on your phone when your phone already had internet that was arguably fast enough for most people's purposes anyways um and i think that's what the carriers are trying to figure out a way to like market it so that people will want to get it where it was very easy before with other forms of other generations of network connectivity. This time it's not quite as clear. And even like a couple years into this 5G race and implementation of the infrastructure, they're still figuring it out. To, to jump in on that as well, I think part of the issue, at least for Canadians, is Canadian 4G slash LTE was ridiculously fast compared to a lot of other places um, we have like i know we we pay some of the highest prices in the world but we have one of the best networks at least to my understanding even and this isn't even like the carriers like i realize the carriers market themselves several different carriers of having the best networks but like uh telecom experts say the same thing right like we have one of the best and most reliable networks in, in the world like it's supposed to be better than the u.s is at least my understanding yeah, um, definitely with the 4G. Like I remember seeing, you know, speed tests and stuff out of the U.S. for 4G, and it's like significantly slower than uh, what we get here. Um, did anybody have any like? So this is the end of this little mini series. Did anybody have any like very very final thoughts or or like big picture things? I think I just said the last thing that I wanted to say um, in terms of 5G in Canada. Like I'm gonna strongly consider upgrading to 3000. To, to like a 3,500 megahertz plan over the next couple of months once it's available in my area. Um, but yeah, does anyone have any other final thoughts they wanted to bring up? Not really. I think we covered most of the things that I, I kind of wanted to get out. You know, 5G is like sort of like human ingenuity outpacing human ingenuity. So it'll be interesting to see once everything sort That's of catches a good way up to it. itself and how we like utilize it because I think there is like a lot of excitement there. Yeah, on, on that note, uh, Brad, I think what's really interesting about 5g is for the first time we're going to see networks going beyond the capabilities that we already have 
mm-hmm, like exactly. you know two G, three G, four G, etc., has really felt like mobile networks catching up to other internet such as you know wired broadband fiber stuff like that in terms of speed and reliability mm-hmm. um and 5g is different because it's expanding beyond that and so it opens up a lot of space for experimentation and innovation and new things that maybe just weren't possible at all on existing networks um so it'll be interesting to see what happens there and then the one other thing i wanted to say before we wrapped up is uh, sub six, I think, is going to be really big for rural areas in Canada because of its potential for uh, wireless broadband. Um, Because sub six, uh, such as 3,500 megahertz spectrum, um, has, you know, decent range and theoretically really high speeds, a good 3,500 megahertz network or a good sub-6 5G network rollout could bring really, really good wireless internet to places where it's difficult or extremely expensive to run uh, similarly effective cable networks or fiber networks. Um, And, you know, I think for now, uh, we're not going to see a lot of that. But in the long run, I do think that um, sub-6 5G is probably going to give Starlink a real run for its money in terms of effectiveness. Uh, It will likely be better than Starlink and other satellite internet in terms of latency. Um, And it remains to be seen in terms of speed because Starlink is pretty fast, at least compared to what current rural offerings are. With bad latency, though. With bad, but it can be everywhere. Let's you know, 5G won't be as ubiquitous as Starlink can be. I don't think, yeah, Yeah. that's true. So, that's a really good point, John. That's also another thing that some of the carriers are already experimenting with with in terms of 4G. Um, like where I won't get super into it because we got to wrap up, but where my parents live, it's in a relatively rural area of um, Ontario. Um, and I believe they have like a bell connection that's tied to like an LTE equipment on a cell tower like that's how they they get their internet so it is something that some carriers are already kind of messing around with and offering to like very specific areas i think they're actually getting fiber in their neighborhood which is insane like they're they're digging the wires under the ground now which it's fascinating that they're going to do that for like a very limited population um maybe but i, I can funding was involved that's what i think it is i think 100 percent government's paying for it all and that's why it's happening um, yeah. But yeah, you're, you're totally right. Like that's that's a possibility for for 5G in the future because of the the greater bandwidth and the additional spectrum. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's a great place to wrap it up. Thanks for listening to the Surfcast. You can find me on Twitter at, at Patrick underscore Rourke and of course on mobilesurf.com. Bennett, where can people find you? You can find me eating a six inch sub on sub six networks. In a six inch sub. <laughs> you no, should make that um... like your... <laughs> six. I know. I'm thinking about changing my bio on Twitter for, for now. I you should do that. It. But anyway, um, I'm Brad Bennett. You can find me anywhere at the Brad Fad, all over the Mobile Surf YouTube channel on mobilesurf.com. And uh, yeah, make sure to check out the Mobile Surf Instagram too, because we're sort of rolling that up again lately. So see you guys around. Nice. John, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at John underscore Lamont. That's J-O-N underscore L-A-M-O-N-T. Uh, I always like to spell it out because a lot of people don't realize my name is spelt without an h uh it's kind of where would the h be oh your your first name never mind yeah j-o-h-m <laughs> i got it um, i was trying to think of how where you'd put the h in lamont lamont 
Yeah, you just silent. stick it in right, right at the beginning. It's, just it's actually a silent. silent H. Um, Halaman. And yeah, you can also find me on the website mobilesyrup.com where I write about 5G, Rogers outages, and you know all kinds of other stuff. Cool. And as always, you can find all of our content on mobilesyrup.com and also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at, at mobilesyrup. These, the, the podcast should be getting back to a regular cadence uh, in September, so you should uh, hear a lot more from us. And that's it. See ya. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.